Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The market does not reward your need. The market does not reward your desire. The market rewards the value that you bring to the chair to the table, and that is why for those who have who have studied uh, studied business, they will talk about the value chain. You look at the value chain and you look at where you plug in. It is the value that you provide to the market that is rewarded. So, if you want to become a person that cannot be ignored, you become you make yourself more valuable. And the question is, how do you make yourself valuable? That is a question. How do you make yourself valuable? How does a company make themselves valuable? How does an individual make itself valuable? How does a church make itself valuable? How does a member of a family, a community make itself valuable? You become more valuable when you pursue and you develop God's vision for your life through personal development. In other words, God has deposited some things in your life. There are certain things that God has deposited in every life here. There are certain things that you are good at that I'm not good at. There are certain things that I'm good at that God is that you're not good at. God has put some things in your life. And if you are going to get to the height that God is taking you, you as an individual must just look at that particular thing and build it up and make it an expert. You know, and, and become an expert in that area. Build up that particular thing. And that's why Jesus tells in the book of Matthew chapter 3, chapter Matthew 6 verse 33. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. In other words, find out that particular area of alignment. Find out that particular area of your own expertise. Align yourself with it and then you see every other thing falling in place for you. So, you become valuable when you pursue and develop God's vision for your life through personal <laughs> development. I'm going to use one or two characters to illustrate what I'm talking about. In Genesis 18, for those of us who are more familiar with the story, you will remember that there was a day God decided in heaven that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? And then he sent two angels. And as they were walking and they were walking, Abraham was just sitting down, guy having a good time. And all of a sudden, he saw these guys walking. And he said, okay, you guys come. It's hot out there. Come and cool off. And when they were cooling off, you know, one thing led to the other. They started talking. You know when you have conversation with angels now. For those of us who have had conversation with angels. <laughs> when you have conversation with you know, it's just one thing start talking about. You, and the angels say, oh, by the way, you have, uh, your, your wife, by this time next year, your wife will have a son. Don't worry about it. And Sarah said, oh, okay. I said, you laughed. So okay. I didn't laugh. And then the old woman started lying. But that's the story for another day. So when they started having this conversation, as they were going back and forth, back and forth, a time came. You know, and it, it, when, when the time came for them to leave, if you get to verse number, uh, verse number eight, uh, 17 of Genesis 18, let's, let's back up and start reading from verse number 16. The Bible said, then the man, uh, then the man rose from there, from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on their way. In other words, to say, okay, thank you very much for spending the afternoon with me, bidding them bye-bye. So, you know, to send them away. Now look at verse number 17, which is very important. The Bible now tells us, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? 
They've had a long afternoon. They've eaten. They've enjoyed each other. Abraham had prepared lamb for them. They've had fun. And they were now about to go. And the Lord now said, okay, I've enjoyed this guy's company. Should I leave without telling him what I'm about to do? Now, from this day, the Lord is saying, I'm going to Sodom. I'm about to do something in Sodom. I'm about to destroy this particular city. And God asked himself, does it make sense that I've spent time with this man called Abraham and I'm about to do something very close to him? Why is it, it doesn't make sense for me not to tell him. Now, before we go on in the analysis of that particular verse of the scripture, I want you to understand, this is, we're talking about the Almighty God. We're talking about the God who does not have to explain himself. We're talking about Abraham who does not even live in Sodom. Okay? You will remember that Lot was living in Sodom. God did not even think it was necessary to tell Lot that he was about to destroy his city. But he was talking to somebody who does not even live in the city. He's telling him, I'm about to do something in another place. Okay? The question then is, why will God feel the need to inform Abraham of his plans concerning Sodom? Why? It was not necessary. It will not, not affect Abraham. Abraham was not living in the city. God does not have to explain himself. But why did God found it necessary to do so? Why did God consider it necessary to clue Abraham in as to what he was about to do? The Bible gave us an answer. Look at verse number 19 of that Genesis 18. Genesis 18. Just look at the first word. He said, for I knew him. They used to say something that people take it as a cliche now, but there's a lot of truth in it. Your progress in life and how well you do in life, sometimes it's not based on how much you know. It's sometimes based on who you know. We might not like it, but that's the truth. If you look on LinkedIn, they always tell you that a person gets a job by the people that they know. It's true referral. If you get a job, it's mostly true referral. Somebody knows something and they tell you. And that's how you move forward. So the Bible is now telling you, why is God, why does God think it was necessary to tell Abraham what's going on? The Bible says, before I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that he will keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken concerning him. In other words, what Abraham, the relationship of God, with the relationship that Abraham had with God, is not something that Abraham was going to keep to himself. He was going to teach it to his children. And God wanted a generational blessing to go. God wanted Abraham to develop a, a series of exceptional people. And that is why he said, okay, if I have this relationship with this person, if this person is valuable in my sight. Let me now develop the relationship to the point that I begin to share secrets with him. Okay? In other words, God felt the need to clue in Abraham because he knew him. Okay? And because God knew Abraham, God had this unusual relationship with Abraham that God was willing to tell him the secret things of the kingdom. And that is why Abraham was not living in Sodom, but he knew what was happening in Sodom. He knew what was going on behind the scene. Because he has developed a relationship with God that got to that level. The question is, does the Lord know you and does the Lord know me to be able to share secret things with us? Do you even know what is going on in your life? Do you know what the Lord has, the intention of the Almighty God for your life, for your family, for your children, for your business, for your tomorrow? Do you, has the Lord given you a vision at all? Because he will not release those visions until you have developed yourself to the point where you can hear him and you can understand the secret things of the kingdom. That's the first character we're looking at. The second character we're looking at is a guy called Job. In Job chapter 1, there was something that was going on in the back end. Okay, There was some secret thing that was going on behind the scene. The Bible says that the sons of God were gathered and Satan was present in their midst. And God was highly impressed by the life of Job that he called Satan and said, You bad boy. Have you seen my guy here? This guy called Job. 
And if you read Job in verse number 8, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless, upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Here's another unusual character. And in the verse of the scripture, God is showing, is showcasing this guy called Job. The Lord is show, putting the spotlight upon Job and saying, look at this guy, he's an exceptional guy. Look at this guy, he's a man above power. Look at this guy, he's a guy that you should emulate. And God is saying to Satan, look at how great this my son is. The Lord is saying to Satan, this is an exceptional, this is one of my exceptional sons. And the question that comes to mind is that, why was God doing this? If Job had known Elias, I said, Papa, don't do this to me. This guy would have punished, this guy would punish me badly. But that's a story for another day. But the question is, why? Why? What did Job do that captured the attention of the Almighty God? That made God to be able to say, hey, look at this guy. This is an example of a believer. What did Job do? The Bible gave us a clue. Okay? The Bible gave us a clue. If you start reading from verse number 8, if you go to verse number 8, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that he is none like him on the earth, blameless, upright man, one who feared God and shared evil. God bragged about Job because number one, he was a blameless man, a man of integrity. Number two, God bragged about him because he was an upright man, a man who was honorable and was honest. God bragged about him, number three, because he was a man that feared God. A man who reverenced, who adored, who worshipped God, who took his relationship with the Almighty God very, very seriously. And God also bragged about him because he was a man that deliberately avoided evil. The Bible says he made sacrifices for himself. Even for the sins he did not even commit, just in case he committed them without even knowing, he sacrificed for it. For his own children, he sacrificed for them. Anytime they went partying, he would sacrifice for them. Just in case they said something that will piss off God, he would sacrifice for them. He was a man who deliberately did everything possible to shun evil. And these were the four attributes that the Lord saw in the life of Job that set him apart. And because of this particular attribute, the Lord bragged about Job. Job did not just develop these things. It took careful, deliberate cultivation of those attitudes in his life to become the man that he is. Now the question that comes to mind is, why would God talk to a man about, talk to, talk to a man about what is about to happen in another city? And there are people living in the city and God will not talk to them. That's the first question. Why would God single out a man to brag about him in the presence of his enemies? Why would God do that? Okay, The reason God does this kind of thing, the reason God will talk to Abraham and not to Lord, the reason God will brag, will brag about Job and you know in the presence of Satan is because of the, these two individuals, like every other individual in the scripture, is that they have what is called an exceptional, extraordinary character. And that's why we're talking about the quote of extraordinary believers. These two characters are extraordinary men. Now, while the Bible did not give us the details of their lives, you know, as to what they do, all the other things that were going on in their life, the Bible gives us a clue why, how God, and why God deals with people in different ways. Okay? The Bible gives us a clue. If you read the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, reading from verse number 20, the Bible tells us there, it says, but in a great house, there are many vessels, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but there are also of wood and of earth and of some, and, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now look at verse 21. He said, if a man therefore pours himself from these, he shall become, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's youth, prepared unto every good work. Now please understand. 
The Lord is using, the Apostle Paul is using this particular vessel as an analogy. He's saying in a house, there are so many kinds of containers, so many kinds of vessels. There are some, if you live in the part of the world where we come from, that are used for poop, that they used to take to the bathroom. And there are some that they use for food. Okay? They don't have the same quality. They are both vessels, but they are different qualities. The Bible is trying to tell us that there are different, different kind of individual. And the verse of the scripture gives us an insight as to the simple principle that undergirds God's relationship with his people. And that is the principle of personal development. That Second Timothy chapter 2, the Bible is saying that the world is full of all kinds of people. Alright? People who are useful, people who are useless. People who are productive, people who are not so productive. And the Bible is saying that the way, this is just the way people are. And you cannot change them against their will. The Bible then goes on to say, if a man purge himself. In other words, if a man decides, I am tired of being the bottom of the barrel. I want to become a person that is useful. I want to be a useful individual. I want to hear God speak to me. I want to. I want God to brag about me. If a man decides that he wants to begin to have access to the secrets of the kingdom, to the secrets of heaven, the Bible is saying, if that man wants to be that kind of a person, that person must do what? He must first of all purge himself. In other words, there has to be what is called personal development. You have to grow yourself. Uh-huh. If a man will walk upon himself, that's what the Bible is saying. If a man will walk upon himself, if a man will develop himself, if a man will purge himself, the Bible says that that man shall not just be a vessel of honor, he will be fit for the master's use. In other words, the master, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, the marketplace where that individual is residing, the people of means, the rich men and the big boys in the society, they will not only honor this individual if he develops himself. They will not only honor him. They will commit into his care. Alright? Their own treasured values. The things that they treasure in life, they will commit into the hands of that individual. Because that person has shown that he has the ability to manage it. That's what Jesus Christ was telling when he talked about the parable of talent. Okay? You might not like the arrangement. You might not like the fact that the rich got more and the poor got everything taken away from him. But there was a principle there. And that principle is that whatever you don't use, you will lose it. But whatever you use, you will multiply it. And that's why you get better in the things that you do every day. And you don't get very well in the things that you don't do every day. Okay? That is a very simple principle. Some of us may not like it. They say the rich gets richer, the poor get poorer. It's because the rich knows how to exercise what makes people rich. And the poor man just does not know how to exercise the things that make people rich. So they don't do it. And that's why they remain poor. Okay, but that's the story for another day. The master, the marketplace, and all the people of means, they will not only respect this individual, they will commit resources into their hands. Okay? And so, a man like Abraham developed, because a man like Abraham developed his faith, he became what? He became the friend of God. Because a man like Job developed, you know, developed his integrity, God can brag about him. Because a man like David developed his skill, he became a man after God's own heart. There has to be personal development. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall become, he shall be a vessel of unto, be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. We can therefore, from what we have said so far, we can therefore make this inference, and that inference is that the key to getting the attention of heaven. The key to getting the attention of any man who has means. The key to getting the attention of the market. Huh? The key to getting the attention of your boss 
It's not on you working on them or doing night vigil on them. Okay, that's not the key. The key is what is you working on yourself. Because when you become so good at what you do, it becomes very difficult for them to kick you aside. I was having a conversation with somebody. I was telling that person, you are so concerned about this discrimination that somebody is a black man, somebody is a white man. I say, let me tell you something. You cannot stop somebody from discriminating against you. What you can do is you can make it extremely difficult for that person to get rid of you. I said, become so good at what you do. Become so good at what you do that when the guy look at you, every fair-minded man will say, Abba, what do you do now, Joro? This is not good. They, they can tell because you are so good that nobody will be able to. You will not give them an excuse to deal, you know, to deal with you in the wrong way. I tell people the fact that they, uh, an armed robber is coming to your house does not mean you leave the door open. Lock the door. Make it difficult for him. Let him work for the job that he has chosen to do. The profession that he has chosen. Let him work for it. You want to be an Amorite, be a good Amorite. But the point we are making is that you, when you become so good at what you do, it becomes very difficult for people to push you aside. Okay? The key to getting the attention of heaven is to work on yourself. And personal development is therefore the key to getting the attention, you know, getting the attention, or getting the attention you desire in life. Personal development is the key to getting the attention that you desire in life. When you are good at what you do, you will receive the due attention. Now, since the beginning of the year, this is what we are focused on. This has been our focus. We have been talking about the code of extraordinary believers. How do extraordinary people, the people that are exceptional, the people that the whole world pay attention to listen to, what do they do differently than those of us who are not, who are relatively unknown? The key to, you know, the the code of extraordinary believer. In our first installment, we talked about one particular code. And that code is the code of personal leadership. And we said that personal leadership is that if you say you want to be successful in life, you say success in life is a function of living a life of self-imposed limitation. In other words, there are certain things that you will not do. Not because you don't have the ability to do it, but because you know that doing them will not take you to the place where you want to be. Okay? There's nothing stopping you from spending all the money in your, in your, in your wallet. <laughs> nothing stopping you. Okay? But you know that if you spend all the money in your wallet, there's a possibility that your mortgage is not going to go paid. <laughs> it's not going to be paid. There's a strong probability that your car note will not be paid. And nobody will tell you when the collection call comes in. The point you are making is that success in life is a function of living a life of self-imposed limitation, self-imposed restriction. Okay, and we said that without you, you cannot live a life aimlessly, carelessly, without restriction, and expect to do great things in life. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can blame the devil all you want. Hmm? If you live a careless life, you will never be able to fulfill the good, the lofty goals that God has set for you. And we said that personal leadership is the code of every extraordinary believer. And today we are taking it a step further. And we are saying that we are going to look at the, the, the code number two. And that code is the code of personal development. And the question this morning is, what is personal development? This thing that we're talking about, what is it? This thing called personal development. Let's look at the scriptures. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, reading from verse number 13. The Bible says that, not that I have already attained, or I'm already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. 
Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward for those, to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. From this verse of the scripture, you see, you can deduce that personal development is the conscious and deliberate pursuit of personal growth in every area of your life. A conscious and a deliberate pursuit Hmm? Of personal growth in every area. In other words, you look at your area and you say, I want to get better. You look at this area and you say, I want to get better. You look at this area and you say, I want to get better. You are not satisfied with where you are. You want to always do something better. You always want to improve upon yourself. Not because you are bad, but because you want to get better. Okay? You want to always make sure that you are moving forward. Personal development is working on yourself so that you can be all that you can be. So that you can take that gifts. So that you can take that talent. So that you can take that particular endowment that God has put upon your life. You can take it to the next level. Personal development is a determination to grow to the full image of God for your life. That is basically what personal development is all about. And if you look at the book of of Luke. The gospel according to Luke. In verse number 52, the Bible tells us there. It says, Jesus increased in wisdom. In stature. In favor with God and in favor with man. That is what is called the all-round person. There's a book that is written by Dan Benson. It's called The Total Man. It explores all the various areas of those things. Personal development, therefore, is what makes a normal person an exceptional person. Okay? It's what makes a person an exceptional It makes a normal person an exceptional person. It's what sets a person apart. It's what gets you noticed. It's what brings unknown people to be, you know, to make you, to make them noticeable. Alright, so that's basically what personal development is all about. You know, it's that thing that makes a normal person into an exceptional person. It's that thing that sets you apart. Okay? When you have two people playing basketball, the one that has taken the time to develop a skill, end up becoming like someone like LeBron James. And the one that has not taken his time to build this thing, you don't even you don't even know their names. Okay? Personal development is what sets you apart. Personal development is what gets you noticed. Personal development is what makes on people who don't even know you line up in front of you. The Bible tells in the book of Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22 reading from verse number 29. The Bible says that if you say, it says, see, do you see a man who excels in his work? He said that particular man will not st- will stand before kings. He will not stand before ordinary men. You know, about if you are so good, so good at what you do, people will look for you. That's what the Bible is saying. If you are so good at what you do, people will line up to come and see you. And that's why you can tell them, I charge this amount of money, and you feel like you like it or take it because you are so good. Okay? So you see a man who excels in his work. He will, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before mere men. And the question is, why must you develop yourself? Why must I develop myself? I mean, God is not putting an, he's not putting a pre, he's not putting it, he's not making it, he's not making it, uh, compulsory. It's a choice. Why must you develop yourself? Why must I develop myself? You must develop yourself. I must develop myself because number one, to become what you dream about yourself. That's why you develop yourself. Many of us, if we begin, you know, I used to joke about this thing. You put a cord in your heart. This time around, let's put a cord in our head and project the image on this picture. Many of us will have a lot of beautiful image of what we want to be. I'm sure there's going to be that. There's going to be an image of you sitting in the beach with that particular cup. Whatever is in there, I don't want to know. But there will be an umbrella on top of it. And you are sipping gin and lime and doing fine. I mean, that's, I mean, that will be part of the dream. You want to be able to retire wealthy. Everything's, but yet, before you to get there, that is one of the reasons you, to become your vision. 
To prepare you for your dreams. That's why you develop yourself. Number two, to possess your dream. To give you your own heart desire. Because as long as you are doing something in a mediocre level, you will not get what you want. Because nobody pays for mediocrity. Number three, you, the why you develop yourself. You develop yourself so that you can sharpen your focus. They say the reason why men fail is because of broken focus. When you are trying to pursue 500 things at the same time, you will not be able to move forward. But you develop yourself. The reason why you must develop yourself is so that you can sharpen your focus. Helps you. Your, 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 your personal development helps you to see clearly. Not only that, it strengthens your appreciation for the things that God has placed upon your life when you develop them. When you see the things that you can do by focusing attention upon what God has placed upon your life, you begin to have a better appreciation for them. Not only that, it helps you to hone your skills. Your skills are good, but the thing is that when you begin to work on them, begin to work on them. Many of you have heard me talk about this girl, Simone Biles, this, uh, this gymnast. You will see the way she tosses herself. It's like she's, she defies gravity. And these things don't happen just like that. You try and defy gravity and see what will happen. You know, the good thing is that we have doctors in the house. They might be able to help you, but maybe. We'll. But the point we are making is that the reason why you develop yourself is so that you can hone your skills. The reason why you develop yourself is to be able to resolve, strengthen your resolve, to know that yes, this is what is possible. This is what I can accomplish if I can only apply myself. That's why you develop yourself. And seeing that personal, you know, seeing the need for personal development, the question then is, which area of your life do you need to develop? If we begin to go one by one, we can have a list of them, but I've categorized them into four. Based on Luke chapter 2, reading from verse number 52, where the Bible tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with man, there are four areas where you need. If you don't develop anything, at least you should develop those four areas. The first one is your mental development. The Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom. In other words, stretching your mind, developing good thinking, good thinking habit, developing good study habit, pursuing good idea, trying to find ways to apply them in human behavior in a marketplace. That is what you must be doing. You must be able to stretch yourself by good reading habits. Develop your mental capacity. Because if you don't develop, you'll find out that you will not be able to engage. And when people come in contact with you and they find out that you are superficial, that you have no depth, you'll find out that they'll begin, there's a limit to how far you can go. And that is why you need to develop. Not only, you know, in the area of personal development, mental development should be number one. Number two, there has to be physical development. The Bible said our body is the temple of the living God. In other words, you see, no matter how smart you are, if every day you are always in the hospital, nobody will do business with you. If every minute of the day there's always something going on, before you eat anything, you have to take this. I mean, I'm not saying that people are not, you know, you cannot be sick and things like that. But what I'm saying is that if you take, if you take care of this temple, it will be able to serve you longer. And how do you do? You develop yourself. You don't have to be Mr. Superman or become Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. But you have to be a healthy person. Be a healthy person. Physical development, you do it. Number three, you develop spiritual development. The Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God. As much as you are smart, as much as you are physically healthy, if your spirit is dead, you'll find out that you are going to be very limited. The Bible says that the things of the spirit are more real than the things that are seen. And if for anything to happen on the face of this earth that you will see today, it first of all has taken place in the heavenlies. And that's why the Bible says that your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. If it has never happened in the heavens, it will never happen here. Until you are able to see what God has done for you in the heavenlies, you will not be able to attain it in this place. And that is why you must develop yourself spiritually. 
You must be able to see what is happening there. You must be able to know what God is saying about you. You must be able to follow the wave of the Spirit. Know what the Spirit is doing and align yourself with it. You need spiritual development. And then, you know, and uh, then finally, you need what? You need social development. You don't want to be a hermit. You want to be able to connect. You want to be able to talk to people. Bible makes us to understand. I think, is it Bible? I thought, well, this is my thought. I think I've got the whole thing confused now. But the whole idea is that you cannot do great things alone. It's not possible. You might be the one that originated the idea, but you cannot do anything great single-handedly. You need people. And that is why you develop social relationship. That's why you develop connection. That's why you talk to people. That's why you have friends. That's why you have people who will relate with you. If you want to see any serious business, no serious businessman put everybody, dip his hands in the pocket and finance, there are always going to be connection. There's always going to be people coming around. Businesses, banks, and everything will put money together to be able to do something great. Nothing great is done by just one single person. There's always, you know, a collaboration. That's why you need social development. Now, when you develop these four areas of your life, you become a balanced person. But when you refuse to develop those areas of your life, when you refuse to grow, when you refuse, when you decide to remain the same, when you refuse to apply yourself, let me tell you what's going to happen. The first thing that you are going to see is that you are going to have a lot of opportunities that you are going to miss. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.